Now I want to announce our chapel speaker for today. His name is Dakota Moat. He is a biblical studies major here. And how many years have you been here? Four. Four, and he's got more to go. But he's still here, and he's able to preach this message today. So I'm really, really excited, really proud of this man. So please welcome Dakota Moat. Good morning, y'all. Can y'all hear me fine? Cool? All right, bet. So I was talking to my younger brother the other day, and he was telling me about this Bible study that he was going to, and he was telling me about you know, what they were talking about, and one of the uh, things that he was telling me is that there was a leader that was asking the group a question, how are we really doing? Like, how are y'all really doing right now? And my brother was the first one to respond, and he said, I am extremely tired, I'm exhausted, um, and I am restless. And uh, the leader of the group asked uh, my brother, why, why is that? Why is that, Asher? And my brother Asher, he, he said uh, one word in his response. He said, college. <laughs> and I think a lot of us is so true to where we're at right now. I think it's really true because we're going into the season, we're going into the next two weeks of finals, and, and we're tr- finishing out the school year. And, you know, some of us, we're kind of hitting a wall. You know, we're running out of gas, and yet we still have finals. And I'm going to be honest with you, it can be extremely tiresome, especially, you know, four years here, and I got one more, like Dawson said, you know. But I just want to be, like, honest with ourselves. Like, how many of us here are tired and restless? Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I am too. I really am. And one thing that's certain about life is how uncertain it is. Things in life can just come at you, and sometimes we don't realize, like, what is coming our way, man? But how, how can Jesus give us rest? And so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, true rest is in Jesus. True rest is in Jesus. But if we're all being honest with ourselves, I think, and I'm convinced, that the pursuit of finding rest in Jesus can sometimes feel like it's an impossible task, especially when we are in the midst of stressful and exhausting situations. Stressful and exhausting situations. So then, how in the world can you find rest in Christ during these circumstances, especially going into the next two weeks? Uh, so the passage we're going to be going, diving into is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28-30. And if you have your Bible, please uh, open it up. Uh, if you have your phone, with you, I promise uh, Jose won't, you know, take away, <laughs> take the chapel credit away. But yeah, if you have your uh, phone, uh, we're just going to read together and really dive deep into uh, God's word um, today. And so, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who, uh, who, are, uh, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I found this passage extremely interesting. And I don't know about you, but how many of us here kind of read that and were just like, I don't really know what that means. Like, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I really don't understand how that contributes to my own life. You know, uh, like some of the things that I was thinking about, and you know, I'm a biblical studies major, and I read this, and I was like, I don't even know what you're saying, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. And so some of the things that you might be thinking is, like, Jesus is telling me to come to him, and he will give us rest, but at the same time, we have to take his yoke, and then we'll find rest. So do we have to come to Jesus and find rest, or do we have to take his yoke to find rest? 
Or why would I take his yoke to begin with? Or what is this rest that Jesus is offering? Like, and why, why would I want it? Well, uh, let's start with here. The first point uh, that I want to talk about is Jesus is offering rest for our souls. Jesus is resting, uh, offering rest for our souls. But in other words, true rest for our hearts. Jesus is offering true rest for our hearts. I think one of the worst things in the world, one of the worst things in the world, is to have your soul, your heart laboring and weary to please God and have a heavy burden by learning the wrong things of how to please God. That is an awful situation to be in. And the context that Jesus is talking about in this passage is about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And these are the people who are rulers um, of uh, the Torah or the Old Testament. It's kind of like your uh, mom and dad is like how in charge they are. And you ask them a why. And they're like, well, uh, just because. You know, those are, those are the Sadducees. They're the Pharisees. And in Matthew chapter 23, 4, it says, The scribes and the Pharisees tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, the legal requirements. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their fingers. So the scribes and the Pharisees, they put heavy burdens and unrealistic religious rules, which enslaves rather than liberates us who follow them. And I don't know, some of us may be thinking, unrealistic religious rules, you know, Pharisees want us to be religious, and this is what Jesus does and wants, so therefore that's what Jesus is. But that is far, far from the truth. And what's actually crazy is that Jesus is going after the religious leaders of today. And that's what's mind-boggling, too. And I guarantee you, if Jesus was here um, as well, I, I'm sure he would be going after some people as well. But what's literally like, interesting about this passage, if you flip over to right after uh, to chapter 12, it gives us an example of how the Pharisees are giving burdens to people and aren't able to lift them. But Jesus lifts the burdens. And so uh, I just find this extremely interesting. And Jesus and his disciples, they're walking through the grains field onto the Sabbath. And the purpose of the Sabbath is to not work, therefore encourages people to rest. And so for Christians, our Sabbath is on a Sunday, and that's for rest for us. But the Pharisees, they thought that if one picks out the grains from the wheat, the Pharisees declared that to be a harvest. And therefore, that is work. And so if you go and eat this, that means you are violating the Sabbath. And when you do something against the Pharisees' rules, uh, that's a pretty big problem. It's not good. It is not good. But what's interesting is that Jesus' disciples start to pick and eat. And I just want to watch this clip and see what happens next. Are they going to send the town guards after us? I think those guys are the town guards. All right, so for those of you who didn't see, first he interrupted the reading simply by standing next to this guy with a paralyzed hand. <laughs> the priest. <laughs> what? Reaping or harvesting on Shabbat. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, I've been so hungry, I forgot what day it is. You may.
No, get back. Please. Out of the way. You have made a mockery of our little synagogue and of Torah. You will tell us your name, your lineage, your... First you, and now your disciples, are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Have you not read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He entered the house of God in a time of Ahimelech, the priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, but only for the priests. You would compare yourself to David. It was an emergency. Or have you not read in the law how on Shabbat the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath, but are guiltless? That's for Levites. Are you a Levite of priestly lineage? Listen carefully. Something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. The Son of Man. Let's go. That title, Son of Man, seems to upset a lot of people. Why? Tell you later. I think Jesus is such a cool person. <laughs> I mean, that is such a cool thing that he did, and I would love to have been his disciple. Um, but did y'all notice what he said, though, in that? Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. So son of man is Lord over the Sabbath. So Jesus is basically emphasizing that the, that man is not to be confined by the Sabbath by the Pharisees, but rather the Sabbath is given as a gift to humanity. Jesus doesn't give us burdens and doesn't lift a finger. Rather, he lifts his finger on your burdens. But the Pharisees put heavy burdens on Sabbath, which was difficult to live under. This is like a coach who is so strict to his training. He's so strict to his regime. And so he's having this team practice every single day uh, to sunrise uh, to sunset or flip that way or whatever you know but like he's practicing every single day during the off season and on on season but he's taking into consideration or he's without taking into consideration the players need for rest and recovery and it actually hurts them and it hurts the athlete's mental health and well-being and it's the same situation that Jesus' message that the Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. It's, need, it's a reminder that the sports and the training should be a source of enjoyment and development for athletes rather than a burdensome that harms their physical and mental health. And I know some of us here uh, as athletes, we've had a coach that's been like that. But Jesus is inviting people to enter a new kind of relationship with him, with God, one that is marked by freedom, grace, love, peace, rather than legalism, obligation, and oppression. And I think this is the coolest thing that Jesus is offering, because he just said that he is the Sabbath. He is the source of the true rest and refreshments for our hearts. So point number one, the rest that Jesus offers is, uh, is for our hearts. It's for our hearts. So what does this look like for us today? Well, point number two, we find true rest from his yoke of servanthood, from his yoke of servanthood. 
Um, so on this picture up on the screen, you might be asking, what is a yoke? Um, this was the coolest picture that I could find. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, an oak or, yeah, a yoke is a wooden frame that was built to, uh, for um, uh, animals, mostly for ox, oxen, to carry the plow or to carry a heavy burden. And so when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's basically offering, Jesus is offering uh, those who are finding the loads to be heavy to carry a new yoke, a, a form that's a new relationship with Christ that's based on discipleship. It's you will learn from him. And the foundation of this yoke, this relationship, is all based of the servanthood of Jesus Christ. But why is it that if you take Jesus' yoke, you take Jesus' commandments, learning from him, it brings us rest for our hearts and that this yoke is easy and burdensome and light. I want us to look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. And I think this is such an important uh, passage for us to learn from. And so I just want to start at verse 2. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. That's the yoke of Jesus, his commandments. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commandments, as his commandments are not burdensome. That's what happens when you love God. Something happens in you. It's just like it's transforming on the inside out. This love is so overflowing with it. And for everyone born of God, believer in Christ, takes Jesus' yoke, overcomes the world. He overcomes the world. And this is why Jesus' yoke is so, his commandments are so, are not burdensome. Because you have overcome the world through the person who's overcome death and overcome sin. The pressures of this world don't even matter. Don't even matter because Christ has overcome everything. You join the yoke of Jesus who has overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, our faith in the one who has overcome. And this is the abundance of love. When we have faith and love for God, we show that we have the strength to carry the yoke of his commandments without feeling weighted down, without the weights and the pressures of this world. We can trust that God will help us because he never gives us burdens without offering his help because he is with us. He's carrying the fight with us. He wants you to join that yoke with him. It's not just we're living life by ourselves, but he's offering, hey, live life with me, and it will refine your whole entire life. And what keeps you going is the love of him. And this is love at its finest. And because you are yoked with him, you can't help but love what you're doing, despite the heavy burdens you're carrying. And that's what makes his yoke easy and his burden light. So listen to this. What you love is not so burdensome. Someone who loves playing sports may not find a lot of burdensome uh, to spend time training and get better. Or a chef that loves cooking may not feel the burden by the long hours uh, to, to make a, a really good meal. Or um, how many theater students are in here? Like, all right, a couple. You know, if you love what you're doing, you're willing to go and endure, and it's not really burdensome to go through all rehearsals because you love the outcome of the show. You love it. You love the process. You know, but a person who hates their job may feel burdensome by every task they are uh, asked to complete and may drag their feet while working. In contrast to someone who loves their job, they approach the same task with enthusiasm and energy because they enjoy what they do. I mean, as students, right, 
how many of us, uh, if we don't really love what we're studying, doing the homework, it's going to be a really pain. It's going to be very burdensome. But someone who loves what they do, who loves what they're studying, man, you're enjoying, you enjoy learning. You enjoy what you're doing. And it's this that you can't just help but have joy. And it's this love. And so what you love is not so burdensome. In the same way, when we love Jesus, his commandments and his yoke do not feel burdensome to us because of this love. Because we are, we are able to carry them with joy and enthusiasm because we have faith and love for God. And that is victorious. I mean, the second song we we're seeing is that the cross is enough. It is victorious. It's like doing something you love where the hard work and the challenges don't feel like a burden but rather it feels fulfillment and enjoyment experience. When you are yoked with Jesus, you are able to overcome the pressures and conformity of the world and not and experience the victory in our faith, in our faith. One of my favorite verses is John 10, uh, John 10, verse 10. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. How? Because he is the one who's always with you, even to the end of the earth, because you are yoked with him. And that changes everything. Everything. And this is why the type of leader that you follow makes a difference in whether you're being yoked as burdensome or not. I mean, a lot of us have had bad coaches. A lot of us have had bad teachers, bad bosses. And it's hard to go and endure because you don't have love for that. But just like a coach who can't take love out of, or who takes love out of it, like a burden, in the same way, like a boss or a friend, uh, even the Pharisees taking the rest out of Sabbath and makes Jesus' yoke easy and light. And it's not just the fact that he offers it, his yoke, but the, who, the fact that he's leading it. You know, so many times in our life, um, you know, it's tiring. So it's hard. But man, when you're equally yoked with Christ, when you're struggling, man, he's still push, pushing through. And he's still carrying you. That's what makes it light. You're not living life by yourself, but the Son of God is living with you. And it gives, it gives purpose and changes everything. So my question is, what kind of leader are you following? Who are you following? And, I, and let's go a little further, but what kind of leader is Jesus? And Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. How? Because Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, and this is one of the most famous verses Though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of mankind, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus is a servant leader who leads by example, demonstrates humility and selflessness. Therefore, taking on Jesus' yoke means following a leader who is not oppressive and burdensome, but leads with love and passion. If it's not the yoke, but who are you connected with? Who are you connected with? Jesus, in the form of God who died for you, is longing for you to be yoked to him so that he can serve you, lead you, teach you, so that you can have life and have it abundantly. That is the rest that our hearts need because we find rest in his yoke of servanthood. And that is such an upside-down way of thinking. And it changes everything. Jesus is the boss. Jesus is our teacher. He 
Jesus is our coach. We are disciples. We are learning from him. What does that even mean? Well, part of it is, is reading the word. Reading the word. How many of us, I, I know it's, like, it's hard, but you know, how many of us are really open in reading the Bible and learning from Christ? Part of that is being yoked to him, is learning who he is. So many of us know what Christ is, but really don't know who Christ is. So do you know who Christ is? And this changes everything about your life. Everything. How many of y'all have met Christians that are just so full of joy, you kind of get jealous? You know, they're just like, dude, can you just, like, calm down here, man? You know, like, like just, just relax here, man. It changes everything. And the last point, point number three, is Jesus offers rest, true rest, to all who come to him. Coming to Jesus is not just recognizing that he existed just like Abraham Lincoln did. All right? recognizing, like, who, coming to Jesus is recognizing that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through him. Except through him. It is John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his what? His one and only son. For whoever cherishes him has eternal life and won't go to damnation. This is recognizing that he is Lord, that he is God. I mean, you read the Gospels and you're just like, especially John, he was in the beginning of the Word, and the Word was with God. And recognizing this is also recognizing that you can't live life on your own. You cannot live life on your own. You can't find salvation in your own efforts. In other words, you cannot find true rest. You cannot find true rest if you don't know the truth. And who is the truth? Christ. Well, Dakota, earlier you said, you know, if you, if you love something, it doesn't, it doesn't feel burdensome. You know, so I love what I'm doing. You know, I love my friends. You know, I'm, I'm loving school. You know, I'm loving life. You know, and I don't have any burdensome because I just, I'm just, I just love life. You know, that's true to a degree, but notice what I'm saying. It's, it's true rest. True rest. The true rest is eternal rest for our souls because it seeks forgiveness of our sins, and that's freedom from the crushing weights of the world's path from earning salvation by your own self. So many of us in here try to find salvation within ourselves. And what the sad thing is, we don't even realize that we're doing it. A lot of us um, raised our hands and admitted that we're just tired and we're restless, but how many of us in this room are restless in their hearts? Are restless in their hearts? Like, I just want to be honest. Like, how many of us really are struggling? You know, how many of us feel full of anxiety, hopelessness, immensely and emotionally fatigued, and drained to the point that we got nothing left to give, man. We got nothing left to give. Rest is what weary people search for, and Jesus is offering an invitation to come to him, to come to him. But my question to you is, if you're not coming to Jesus, who are you going to? And even further, who are you yoked to and who's leading you? It's easy to find comfortable, it's easy to find in this world comfort things rather than Jesus. We do it all the time, man. Whatever, like when it's binging TV shows, alcohol, the partying lifestyle, in the weekends, pornography, hookups, getting high, social media, video games, and all the other things that dole us the pains of life. And you know, I'm just being honest with this. You know, if we can't be honest in here, then how can we be really honest out there? I just want, like, Really, how, what are we going for? And it's not, you know, and what's interesting is, you know, 
and the things that we consume ourselves to dull the pain of life does the exact opposite of giving us the fleeting pleasures and leads us to emptiness inside. And I'm not to say that video games and social media or binging your favorite TV show, like, you know, Friends and Seinfeld, man, those are two of my shows, and I love watching those shows, or, like, partying is bad, but pornography and, and, and uh, hookups is a little different story, but, <laughs> but are you running to them or do you find rest in them? Like, what is the reason you're going to these things? Because they will never give you everlasting, true rest for your heart. So what are you running towards to find temporary rest? How many of us here have shown up to parties to have fun and escape the world, but you wake up the next day so hungover that you can't even remember what you did the previous night, and people are telling you what happened, and you feel even more weary and shameful? I'm just being honest. Just being honest. Like, I've never met someone who looks back on their life and is proud of a hookup. I've, I've, never, I've never met anyone. It may, have feel, it may have been great that night, but as time goes on, you feel worse and wearier. Even the temporary pleasures gained from casual sexual encounters is not enough to provide a long-term component or satisfaction. Because there's no commitment. And part of being yoked with Christ is a commitment. There's a relationship. I mean, how many Christians in this room in the context of what Jesus is saying when it comes to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, that look like the legalistic uh, Pharisees, the people who, uh, if anyone did not keep their rules, were shamed, would be cast out of the synagogues, the religious community, if they did not measure up and meet the approval. Their standards were so high, and their legalistic set of rules was void of mercy. The Pharisees who put the burdens on people and aren't willing to lift them with their fingers. You view Jesus in the same way as the Pharisees. You have, you've come to Jesus and you've accepted the invitation, but you haven't picked up the yoke of Jesus. You view Jesus in a very legalistic way. You're so focused on being righteous that you become self-righteous. You're so focused on, are people following these rules? Or some, are, and you become the one, the Pharisees, who put burdens on people and you don't lift them up. Or how about the other way around? You're so focused on the rules, the do's and the don'ts, the things that I can and I cannot do. But when you fail, and you will fail, and you will mess up, you feel deep shame and that Jesus doesn't love you anymore. He would cast you out of the church and the Christian community because you didn't measure up. But Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and Learn from me. It's an everyday occurrence. For I am gentle and lonely in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is not offering a legalistic set of rules or a burdensome life. He's offering us freedom, rest, and true fulfillment. He's inviting us to take on his yoke, to learn from him, and to follow him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light because he has already carried the weight for you. And he's inviting you to walk with him. We don't have to carry it alone. We don't have to earn our salvation and find our way to the ultimate truth and meaning. We just have to come to him and surrender our lives to him. I think like so many times we look at Jesus and we're just like, man, 
I'm just not worth it. I'm not, I, I, you know, some of us like have gone through so much pains and so much struggles, I can't imagine what you've, what you've been through. Because life has been difficult, life is hard. And sometimes you feel like you have so much baggage that Jesus isn't willing to carry, but he's willing to carry because he died for that, for you on that cross. And there's victory in that. So I just want to close with this, and as I invite the worship team back up, and we're going to end on a song. But I just want to ask and reflect, like, how are we doing? How's your walk with Christ? And if you haven't, uh, if you're not a believer in Christ, then I challenge you to come to him. Come to him. So many of us are so worried of what people are going to think, of how, but you know what? I'm telling you what, man. Once you experience it, you never, ever want to go back. It is the most abundant life. It is the truth. He knows what it's like to feel overwhelmed, betrayed, and rejected, and abandoned. He also knows the way of our despair and into his peace. And there's freedom no matter your baggage. And that doesn't mean like once you accept his, uh, once you accept Christ and you're on his yoke, the life is going to be easy. But you know what? As I love living in the grace of God through this. And even like two years ago when my grandpa passed away, I was holding his hand and we pulled the plug because he had COVID. It was eternal rest because Jesus was there to lighten that burden for me. Because I'm living for him. I'm living with him. Even the struggles of my own life. And this is why he comes and says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy, burden is light. So, Father, as we come to you, Jesus, uh, tonight, I finally just pray that, you know, we're honest and vulnerable uh, today, tomorrow. Father, I pray for boldness and we lay down our burdens at your feet and allow him to carry us through the storms of life. Thank you for this eternal rest for, uh, for our wandering and weary hearts. And we can rest in you, Father, despite what life has come to us. Because through, your, uh, through coming to you, we find rest for our weary soul. But being equally yoked to you, we can withstand whatever life has come. And it is abundant life and true life and true rest. Thankful for what your son has done on that cross. Amen. Through some amazing words. Because our faith is rooted in heaven, this world cannot touch it. So go and rest, Jesus.